Uh, good morning, everyone. Good morning. I need to begin by, with a disclaimer. Based on my personal experience and current research, it says that if I'm standing in front of an audience with this number of persons present, and if all I'm going to do is talk, that only about 10% of what I say will be retained. I don't like that odds. Sing. I think in my case, the numbers would drop. But based on that data, if, if what I'm going to be saying and you're going to forget, and uh, since, may I see the hands of those persons who are here with their passports? Because my guess is that some people will be traveling during this time of year, will not go through custom or pass immigration. But nonetheless, they will be taking frequent trips out of this sanctuary, traveling to lunch. Some persons, as I said, might even leave the island completely. I want you to know that's illegal if you don't go through the proper channels. But nonetheless, I believe that everybody in here, if you believe that some people will travel, you might as well go ahead and get a head start on everybody and say amen. <laughs> I heard that. I say amen because, how many of you are familiar with this? I, you say, let's put it this way. If you're happy and you know it, say amen. amen. Now, that's because I told you to say that. Now, this time, if you really, if you really are happy and you really know it, say amen. amen. All right. If you are Christian and you know it, say amen. amen. If you're old and you know it, say amen. amen. I, I, I went over with a friend of mine about um, a few weeks ago, and he told me, now, I noticed that some of you, the person who was sitting next to you, didn't know whether they should answer that second, a third amen or not. But I, I can clarify that right up front. I'm told that if you're old and you don't even know it, there's a certain test you can take. Very simple. First thing you notice that your vision diminish. Step one. All right, this is just a three-point test. Secondly, your, your bones uh, <clears throat> may be sending you some sort of arithmetic messages. So that's the second thing. And the third is, <laughs> thank you very much. <clears throat> my brothers and my sisters, I am so happy this morning that I don't know where to begin. So in conclusion, I want to extend an invitation to you to join me as we look over the shoulders of a fisherman um, as he gives us some sound exhortations as to how some foreigners are to behave themselves. You would find me in 1 Peter chapter 2. 
If you had the right Bible, I would have told you the page number, but I'm going to let you find it. First Peter chapter 2. As a matter of fact, these foreigners that we will encounter were identical in status as to many of you. And do you know that according to Peter, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, it says that you are a chosen generation, handpicked, chosen by God, that you are a royal priesthood, a kingdom of priests, that you are a holy nation set apart by God. You are a peculiar people, different from the world. If that sounds like good news to you, and you're happy and you know it, say, thank you, you five persons. <clears throat> now, the reason why you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, and a peculiar people is so that you may show forth, so that you might declare or display the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous jade marvelous light <laughs> yes isn't that good news unless you're still in darkness but he has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light first peter chapter 2 verse 11 says now i, I yesterday because i wanted to get a f sense of what fishermen's do so yesterday morning i went out to where fishermen's hang out guess where i went Porter's Key, you got it right. I went to Porter's Key and I pulled up alongside the bridge and I parked. I let down the one window in my car that works. You know. And and I sat just so I can sense the atmosphere and hear what's going on. It's a good thing I prayed before I gone. <laughs> because I heard some things, some 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 language of a fisherman. In between some other punctuated um, descriptors, of course, he says, Yawatel, as vehicles came by and other stuff that they were selling. But fisherman starts with F, fish, F, fowler, F. But there are some other adjectives <laughs> fishermen were saying in between, and some seem to be not directed to any specific person. It's just in the air, you know, to paint the atmosphere. But not this fisherman, Peter. Look at how he began this verse here. He says, dearly beloved. I like that. <laughs> I never heard that yesterday morning at party scheme. Dearly beloved. I like that address. Very tender for a fisherman. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lust, which war against the soul. I need to read that again. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lust, which war against the soul. My brothers and sisters, the Bahamas, this world, Brother Tommy mentioned it earlier, is not our home. That's the latest news flash. The Bahamas, this world, 
is not your home. Paul tells us emphatically in Philippians chapter 3, verse 20, for our citizenship is in heaven, from which also we eagerly wait for our Savior, our Lord Jesus Christ. My fellow citizens, as long as we are in the Bahamas, as long as we are in this world, we are away from home. If you're happy and you know it, say amen. amen. My life. For our citizenship is in heaven, from which also we eagerly wait for a Savior, our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, since our citizenship is in heaven, while we are here in the Bahamas or in this world, we have a designation as being foreigners, aliens. And as foreigners in this world, Peter tenderly but strongly urges us to abstain from fleshly lust. Abstain. Stay away from. Have nothing to do with fleshly lust. What does that mean? I am so delighted you ask. I looked over at Galatians, chapter 5, verse 21, 19 really, to 21, just to find out if Paul can add some clarification for us. And he went on to tell us, what is this lust, this fleshly lust? And here's what he says. These are the Children, if you please, how you can recognize them. And, and they are, they're grouped, though interestingly, into four categories. There are two sexual sins. Sorry, there are three of them, three sexual sins. It talks about sexual immorality. The Greek word is pornea, from which we get pornography. It also talks about Impurity, which is moral evil. And the third sexual sin is sensuality or debauchery. That is shameless conduct. Now, remember all of this in the context of what Peter has just admonished and exhorted us to do. Abstain from fleshly lust. There are two religious sins, adultery and sorcery. Well, adultery, again, is idol or demon worship, any idol that one might choose. Sorcery. And in the Greek, again, the context or text, it's in my way, it's an intercourse with evil spirit. And in, the, in those days, they used drugs to facilitate even going to this trance state uh, mode. Then there are eight societal evils or sin. Here they are. See if you recognize them or have you met anybody who would have displayed or had a relationship um, with any of these. Enmities or hatred. These people always seem to be upset and mad with everybody else. Strife, discord, no good news. Every time you meet them, they're creating turbulence. Quarrels, ready to row. Jealousy, distrust and suspicion. Fits of rage. You ever hear anybody or know anybody who we say fly off the handle? The least little thing, they fly in over the place. Again, without proper pilot license, but they fly. 
fits of rage or anger, disputes, selfish ambition, dissension. This is always causing something, telling somebody something about somebody else or that group. You know what they say about you? And they say, tell me more. You remember I told you before, every time somebody begins a statement with a child, watch out. <laughs> watch them child beginning sentence. Child. And then they look left, look right, never look up. But watch them child statements. Always creating dissension, factions, heresies, envying. This is a displeasure at the prosperity of others. Just because you get there, you think you look good. Or you think you are all that. There are eight of these mentioned here. Then there are two more. I call these related to alcohol, drunkenness, intoxication with strong drinks. And maybe not so strong, but if you take enough, it'll become strong. And then carousing or orgies. And the likes, Galatians says. All of these things. These are the children product of lust of the flesh. So no excuse that I read that, but I didn't know what that means. Paul answers that for us. So my fellow citizens, citizens of heaven, if you participate or practice or engage or marry any of these children of the flesh, then you are sending a high-definition message to the world that Satan is your father-in-law. Peter goes on to say in verse 12, have your conversation, your life that is, your, your testimony, honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. Whether that visitation is in the form of mercy or maybe judgment. The question you and I need to ask is, by our conversation or by our lifestyle, do we provoke people who are non-Christian to want to get to know this God we say we worship or we praise, so that the end result might be that these persons would glorify God when God visits them? Because you and I and those other persons who are outside, who are not citizens of heaven, they will see God one day. But when they see him, will they see him as their savior? Or will they see him as their judge? Our conversation, our life, our conduct today will help to determine how some of them will meet their God. Jesus is our example here. Remember the centurion when Jesus was being crucified? The centurion, and, the centurion and others who were present with him said, after Jesus had died, surely this was, or he was, the Son of God. And he said that to the glory of God the Father. Isn't that amazing? Just by the, just watching Jesus die, this non-Christian could make that kind of confession. Surely he was the Son of God. Do the people we live and work and move around, can they watch our lives and draw the same conclusion and say, truly, first of all, there must be a God. And truly, this God 
is worthy to be praised. If you are still happy and you know it, say amen. <clears throat> uh -huh. How should foreigners respond to government? Let me tell you this before some people um, catch this next flight out of here. You know, um, I did say, anybody left yet? Be honest now, they say, uh, tell the truth and shame the devil. No, <laughs> Look, I want you to remember three things for me, just in case those people have to leave early, mentally. Here's what I need to remember. God has chosen you, right? Just could you remember that for me? God has handpicked you. You ever been on a team where you were picked last? Uh-huh. You ain't gonna tell. All right. You ever been on a team where you were picked first? Uh-huh. You ever been on a team? <laughs> <laughs> All right. How should foreigners respond to government? First Peter again, keep following this read down, verse 13 to 14. Submit yourselves to every ordinance of man. Why? It tells you right here, for God's sake. You ever hear that? For God's sake, stop that. But in this case here, submit to every ordinance or authority, institution of men. Why should you do that, you are? For God's sake. By the way, who is he talking to? Who is Peter talking to? These citizens of heaven. He's talking to those who have been called a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. He's talking to Christians. And you're asking Christians to submit yourself to every ordinances of man. Why should I do that? For God's sake. Whether it be to the king, who was the supreme authority of the land, or unto governors, as his designate, as unto them that are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of them that do well. I was thinking about that. Um, do you think that we have a problem in the Bahamas with crime? I thought I heard something this morning that sounds horrific. You know, the latest news. Somebody found shot a family. You, you didn't hear it. It's maybe not a good thing to listen to news on Sunday morning before you can. But do you think we have a problem with crime? Say yes. <clears throat> yeah. Okay, we do. Um, well, you think if people pointing it's a government problem? Government is supposed to, um, and its agency, to track them down. Of course, the citizenry, if you see something happening, if you know some information, you should call and let them know. But nowadays, people don't even say, I ain't getting involved. I you know, it ain't happened to me. You know, and so, but it affects all of us. But how should we conduct or respond to this? You ever thought about this? Because I did, and maybe more so in recent days. Do you imagine what kind or what state the Bahamas would be in if there were no Christians? Oh, golly. You'd move, right? And carry the problem with you. <laughs> because... If there were no Christians, imagine the level of crime. Imagine what a Clinton Cartwright, a non-Christian, terror on two legs. All right? Right, Sister Eleanor Lily Lowe? You know, imagine the level of peace that we experience simply because Christians are obedient, first of all, love God, committed to him, and demonstrate that commitment by their obedience. Because we have a music or a drummer that who we match to, to the rhythm of that, and that is our Lord Jesus Christ. And so in a sense, government 
as it says here, is supposed to be what it needs to be the whip for those who do evil. And for those who do good, need to praise them. We don't hear the praise part of it too often, you know, in terms of saying, well, we do have a serious problem with crime. But at the same time, there are those who are not involved in crime, and thank goodness, better still, thank God that there are persons who are loyal to him and are conducting their life according to his principles. And so the level of crime has decreased or is being maintained at a level simply because we have Christians who are present in this foreign land because our home is heaven. Why should free Christians of heaven submit to every authority or institution by man? Verse 15 tells us, for it is the will of God and it silenced the ignorance of foolish men. My brothers and sisters, listen to that. Don't run over that too quickly. Why should we? We've been asked to submit yourselves to every ordinances of man for God's sake. Why? For it is the will of God and it silenced the ignorance of foolish men. As Christians, did anybody ever tell you something or call you names? None. Where you all be? You, if you ever, anyone ever accuse you of something that you were not guilty of? Did, you, did it hurt you? Did they go ahead and tell somebody else even though it was not true? And how did you handle it? You got upset? And you're still upset. <laughs> Release that. I remind you that as liberated or free citizens of heaven and foreigners in the Bahamas in this world, we must not use our freedom, though, to cover up evil. We say, I'm free, I can do as I please. We are here admonished, don't do that. We are to behave in a way that brings God honor and glory. Always remember that. Do you think that will please God? Well, if you're happy about pleasing God, say amen. amen. You all serious? If you're happy and you know it, say amen. amen. If you're still Christian and you know it, say amen. amen. If you're old, listen to me. Honor, verse 17. Honor all men. How do you do that? Well, respect them. Value them. Esteem them. Love the brotherhood. Love the family. The family of God. Fear God. Honor the king. Honor all men. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the king. I'd like for you to just summarize that. Which category of persons are left out? Good. I agree with you. None. None. Respect all men. I may not agree with the words that all men say. I may not agree with the behavior of all men or all men. But there is something that is intrinsic about all men. Guess what that is? They were created in the image of God. And Jesus Christ died for all. So even though I might disagree with what he says or even his behavior, I can still respect the man, all men. Fear God. Reverential, 
or which leads to obedience. Don't tell me you fear God and you consistently disobey him. Honor the king, he concludes. Verse 18, it says, servants, in case some people don't know where they fit, servants or slaves, can I say employees? Be subject to your masters, your employer, with all fear. What do you mean? I must be, I ain't scared of no man. Anything on two legs, bring it on. I ain't talking about that, you know. Fear, respect here. Fear, respect. Not only to the good, yourself that in your Bible, not only to the good and the gentle, but also to the harsh or the forward. You, you, now, I'm talking to those who are not the boss. You ever met a boss or had a boss who was not kind and gentle, didn't care about the employee, never had one of them? This is a unique gathering. No, we should capture this moment. You know. But there are those persons that exist, and we are told not to select. It says not only to the good and the gentle, but to those who are forward or those who are harsh as well. Servants, subject yourself to your masters with fear. Why, why, why should I do that? Here it says, for it is commendable if a man bears up under the pain of unjust suffering because he is conscious of God. Um, some persons, I, I know um, B's daughter don't swallow pills easily. That's a hard pill to swallow, eh? You know, you look, you know, when you treat me any kind of way, I, I as human. You, you have a, I don't remember the exact, there was this program that comes on TV where they play this music with the cops coming to get you. You, you, all, you always watch TV, you know? Uh, um, where they chase down this, these people who are violating the law and behaving right in some respect. And they, they caught this guy, he had what we call dreadlocks, you know, and um, they arrested him. And, and, and as, soon as, he, as soon as he opened his mouth, you can tell he must use born in the Bahamas. <laughs> you know? And of course, he was a, a cops, that's what it is. It's called cops coming for you, or something like that. <laughs> but it was cops. And, and um, when, they, when they arrest him, you know, and if, you didn't, if they tell you to get down, people, get down, you know. <laughs> If, if they tell you stand up or put your hands up, put it up. Because, you know, they, they, they're ready to put it down if you don't put it up. So, so he didn't respond quick enough. And so the officers, we say, rush him, you know, and, and put him on the ground. And you know how they keep you on? They don't just do it very gently. They just put their knee in a certain strategic place so that, you know, you know that you are down, you know, and to keep you there. But he spoke, you know, because he's thinking, hey, 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 like this right, you know. <laughs> now, when he talked like that, I guess where his status was, you know. And then he's saying, let, let me go. You know, and of course, they didn't say, I'm sorry, I hurt you. Or, you know, and they back. They didn't do that. Um, but then he, he threw up, since that wasn't working, he tried to play the, the other card, you know. And he said, just because I black. You know, by the way, he was of uh, um, Negro uh, um, <clears throat> complexion. And, uh, but he said that, and then I'm thinking, now why he gone over there? And if he didn't even say what he was by his language, you know, I knew he was right from over the hill, you know. Um, 
but, but that's, but he gone all the way over there to behave bad, all right, as foreigners. Now, maybe he have some other status when he was over there, but the cops were coming for you. That's what the music said. While we are here in, in the Bahamas, as Christians, now, I know of no cops coming for us, but we must behave ourselves properly because God have you on candid camera all the time watching your behavior. Please don't embarrass him by letting the cops come for you. You know, if you associate yourself with those things I referred to earlier in Galatians uh, chapter 5, the lust of the flesh, it certainly brings discredit, not only to, to you personally, but to the one you represent, that is, to our God. For it is commendable if a man bears up under the pain of unjust suffering because he is conscious of God. I I'll do this. I will endure this for God's sake. Now, but you ain't got to keep advertising it, you know. You know, like how some people say, look, your boy, reason for God, I will tell you and do you something, you know. But no, no, you know, it talks about with patience as well. For what joy or what glory or credit or commendation is it to you if you receive a beating, buffeted, black eye for your fault or your wrong, and endure it patiently? If you, in this case, that person, now he could have got him and say, see how I just endure that, you know, for stealing or violating a traffic law or trading in illicit uh, um, stuff. If he did that, and then he did it patiently, we're supposed to commend him and applaud him. Say, wow, you got arrested for armed robbery and you didn't even resist. You know, you ever wonder, like I do, because maybe you, your thoughts are maybe more um, obsessed with other important things, but you ever wonder why people rob people with some weapon and then after they did it, they run or hide? I, I, I be thinking. Well, why? Because it seems as if when they have these weapons, that's supposed to give them some they, the power. Uh, I ain't scared of nobody. You know? Hey, give me what you get, uh, and whatever. And then they won't hold you up. And then as soon as they finish, they run. I always wonder, if you have all this power, why not just walk out, say, look, straight, cool, I'm gone. Because I have my power. <laughs> all right? And just walk. And, and if maybe even more, they could, why don't they leave their address? You know? <laughs> I, I would be on Windsor Park, you know, you know someplace. But, but they always run. So it tells me what their true underlying character is like. You know, I think they're cowards, you know. But they're using this weapon to intimidate you, the victim, you know. And then they run and hide, looking over their shoulder. Strange creatures they are, aren't they? But that's not like, we, because you are a Christian and you know it, don't you? Amen. Yeah, and if you are a Christian and you know it, every Christian would have said, Amen. Amen. My brothers and sisters in Christ, you and I were called to suffer unjustly and to do so patiently. Now, somehow, that doesn't sound right. We were called to suffer unjustly and to do so patiently. In verse 21, it says, To this you were called. Who called me? <laughs> because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. Have you ever suffered, really? suffered. By comparison, when we read about other persons who tell their story, or we happen to read it in some uh, magazine, or when we would have had special occasions where people came and shared their story, we would sit back in awe, and yet they are so 
thankful. We have right here people who are sick and being laid aside because of um, illness. And when we have the opportunities and the uh, visiting teams would have an opportunity to visit with these persons, on all occasions, these persons come back inspired and intrigued that these persons were a blessing to them when their intent, when they went, was to minister to, but it was reversed on them, and they come back just in awe because these persons reflect God so powerfully, even though they are in a debilitating state. Some of us who are very ambulatory, mobile, we don't have much going wrong with us except we probably break a fingernail or the last time the man cut my ear about and I get upset and we mad for the month. And then we complain. And we call that, we, I had to suffer with that. You can imagine that. Suppose people see me. That's the kind of stress you're talking about. That ain't what Peter's talking about. We are to suffer unjustly and to do so patiently. To this we were called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you and me an example that you should follow in his steps. Now that's strange. Can you agree with me that Christ was absolutely perfect? Did no wrong, never sinned. Can you think of somebody else who suffered more than he did? I couldn't think of anything. And yet, we are called to follow in his steps. Our example, Christ did not sin. Neither was guile found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he did not threaten. <laughs> now, this is strange. But him and his threaten, even though they don't... I, had an, I have a lady, an employee uh, at my workplace. You know, she, she's a little shorter than me, like most people. But um, as we say in the Bahamian vernacular, she have a hard mouth. You know. By the way, she believes that she is my bodyguard. So if she suspects somebody outside, a rowdy parent or whoever, she feels like she got to go and approach them. I prefer to be my own ambassador with a little bit more diplomacy. She may not employ those tasks, but she will go and say things, you know, adding um, fuel to a little bit of fire and then trying to elevate. But she came back to me and told me once, she said, now, uh, uh, Mr. Father, you know, I, I don't mind my mouth. You know, I, I, I don't fight, you know. Now, I know if I want bodyguard like that. <laughs> When I, when I need the call for, for backup, you know. But, but some people like to throw out this, this false, you know, image, you know, facade, and you, it's misleading. In her case, you know, um, I tell her, look, would you be calm? I can take care, I can handle this, you know. But you say, well, I, I want to, and she, she go on, chill. And I don't do nothing but chill, I don't chill much, you know, because uh, that's cold. I say, just be cold. Christ is our example. No guile, any guile in your mouth. You ever said anything that you shouldn't have said? And you say, oops. All right. Um, pull it back. Can't do that. Don't retaliate. Did not threaten. We like to threaten. You kill my dog. I can, kill, I can murder your cat. <laughs> you know. We, we threaten. But rather, Christ, he committed himself to him, that is, to his father, who judged righteously. Do we do that? This is our example. When somebody makes threat to us, what do we say? Well, the little people, I don't know, they may have changing that slightly, you know, and I've said maybe before, you say something to me, the way I find out, how can I say something back to you that hurts you? Your ma. That's what. 
because Mars, you all know, you all is very important to us. Now, they don't say power too much, you know, but um, besides, the people say, who care? <laughs> but if you say, my mom, them things just make my eye red, you know? And so they feel like they must defend themselves. But Jesus didn't do that. He did not threaten, but rather he committed himself to his father who judged righteously. Here's what an unknown author has written. And he says this, it is a mark of deepest and truest humility to see ourselves condemned without cause and to be silent under it. To be silent under insult and wrong is a very noble imitation of our Lord. When we remember in how many ways he suffered, or who, uh, sorry, he suffered, he in no way deserved it. Where are our senses when we feel called to defend and excuse ourselves? End of quote. I remind you, my brothers and sisters, of these familiar words found in Romans chapter 12, verse 19 to 21. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath, for it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy hungers, feed him, not asking it. If he thirsts, give him a drink, for in doing so, you will heap coals of fire on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but rather overcome evil with good. End of quote. My brothers and sisters, fellow aliens and pilgrims in the world and in the Bahamas, Christ bore our sins in his body on the cross, and the reason he did this was that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds, his wealth, in the, in the original, we say worms or striped, there's, that's in the singular. It's as, it is as if his whole body was one great wound or swell, some lump. We call it kamoli bump. By that, we were healed, were healed, past tense. Yet, there might be some person here today whose citizenship is limited to the Bahamas or some other nationality. I wish to invite those persons today to apply and to fill in their, their, their faith alone application in Christ alone and have their heavenly citizenship instantly approved. And so if you are here today and you don't know Christ as your personal savior, please don't take the risk of saying like a certain governor when Paul was before him, that maybe not now. I was almost persuaded. Nay, maybe another day. How do you guarantee that you have another day, another week, another hour? And this is not for intimidation to scare you. But if scaring you into the kingdom or into citizenship in heaven, it is worth it. Because you are either a citizen of heaven or you are a citizen of another H word, that has one syllable, hell. I give you an assignment, because I've been trying to find a way to say it and I haven't found it yet. Is there a good way to tell somebody go to hell? You ever try saying it with a smile? It doesn't work. Either way, in, in that sentence, it still sounds bad. I don't believe you want anybody that you know to spend eternity in hell, a way separated from God. So let's live in a way that we can reflect God 
so that we can reflect that we are citizens of another land. So as foreigners in this land, in the Bahamas, in the world, let's not only mark the manner of our bearing, let's mark the manner of our conduct, the words we say, our general behavior, because others are watching. Again, this world is not your home. My fellow citizens of heaven, one, you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people who were called out of darkness into his marvelous light. I ask you to behave yourselves in all situations and do so for God's sake. Parents like to tell the children that when they go, right? Now you're going out. Watch your behavior. Watch your manners. They still say manners take you around the world. Some people say, yeah, but you can't, spend, you can't shop. <laughs> you know. Whatever it is, while we are here, watch your manners, watch your behavior. And third, as you extol his praises, that is, as you demonstrate his virtues and his characteristics through your life of submission, those three things, remember who you are, remember your behavior, and remember to extol or to praise him. Let me, um, my final conclusion is this. When you were born, and I still think they do it, you cried and the world rejoiced. I think they make the baby cry to see if he's still breathing, right? <gasps> yeah. So you cried and everybody else around you was laughing. so cute. Whatever they say, but you cried and the world rejoiced. I want to admonish you today that you must, when you come to that point when you die, that you rejoice and the world cries so that you can rejoice because you know where your citizenship is. The world will be crying because you have made such an impact and they will miss your presence. If you're happy and you know it, I want you no contradiction between the words you say and your face. So here's the words. Please tell your face what you're going to say. So there's not a civil war going on. Now, if you are happy, old, and Christian, say amen. Now, if you're God's child, again, say amen. amen. Thank you, and may God bless you richly today.